the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Another well-known Christian celebrity about to be canceled. And then we're joined by Dr. Tim Elmore to talk about his book, A New Kind of Diversity. You're listening to The Common Good. Hey, friends, welcome to The Common Good here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life, alongside Aubrey Sampson. My name is Brian Fromm. It's Tuesday. It's cold. Aubrey, snow is coming. We got it coming later this week. Yeah, so I actually have a friend who's in town, and we've been sort of, I mean, I hope this doesn't happen, but we've also been joking about what if you get snowed in, it becomes one of those Hallmark Christmases where you wake up and you're stuck at my house. Yeah, I'm actually really, really glad snow is coming. I mean, not for travelers, but I love a snowy Christmas and I just feel like it feels right that a snowstorm is coming, but it looks like we're till Thursday, right? We've got a couple days to like run our errands, get what we need done before we have to like batten down the hatches. I think it's going to be Thursday and Friday, which, of course, is beautiful, except for those of us who moved our Christmas Eve services to the 23rd. Oh, I guess that's a good point, actually, which is all of us. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it is what it is. That and the is beauty of being is. able to uh, to stream stuff is you go, hey, guys, I'll be here. Whoever can make it, make it. But if you can't make it, watch it online. So it will. It looks like it won't be snowing on Christmas, but it will be a white Christmas nonetheless. But we're glad that you are with us today. Aubrey, it's happening again. We've got a Christian celebrity, and this is one of the biggest Christian celebrities of the last uh, 30 years on the verge of possible cancellation. Have you heard about this? I don't know what you're talking about. So inform me. I love a good cancel story. (laughs) This is a good cancel story. So it's obviously coming from uh, the more fundamentalist side, but uh, uh, is summed up in a tweet from Franklin Graham. Amy Grant announced that she and her husband, Vince Gill, are going to host a same-sex wedding on their farm for her niece. Amy is quoted as saying, Jesus, you just narrowed it down to two things, love God and love Mm -hmm. each other. Franklin Graham continues, yes, we're to love God and love each other, but if we love God, we will seek to obey his word. For me, loving others also means caring about their souls and where they will spend eternity. It means loving people enough to tell them the truth from the word of God. Uh, The authority of God's word is something we can never compromise on. So Amy Grant was trending on Twitter yesterday. That's how I found this story. Uh, She was trending on Twitter. uh, And a lot of people going, I can't listen to her anymore. Not going to listen to her anymore. Not going to do this anymore. And this is what I want to talk to you about, because this is kind of like the coming together of two major topics we have on the show here. Yeah, Uh, right, right. One here is uh, Amy Grant. You know, she is moving more progressive, if you will, on her view. She's not just saying I'm going to host my niece's wedding. She's saying I've been changing my view on 
uh, on sexuality. Sure. Yeah, sure, sure. So there's that one thing. Sure. But then there's this other thing that we as Christians, it seems like in the evangelical world, have gotten good at doing. And that is, therefore, I'm done with her. Right. Therefore, I'm done with uh, right. farewell Rob Bell. Right. That was the yeah. famous John Piper one. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Or whatever else it might be. Canceling of Amy Grant. That feels, uh, I didn't have that on my 2022 bingo I feel card. Like it's like canceling like Bambi or something. Like Amy Grant. Uh, yeah, is like, you chose no, Bambi. I don't know why Bambi <laughs> came to mind, but Amy Grant is not this like, okay, sure, maybe she's going progressive or whatever, but she's not like this like provocative lightning rod person you know what i mean like how do you i'm this is okay i'm sorry i'm about to say something snarky i'm in a little bit of a snarky place so i'm gonna need grace <laughs> we like snark we like snarky aubrey we're we're okay. fans okay i'm sorry but there are some people that franklin graham graham supports publicly Mm-hmm. That are like way worse human beings than Amy Grant. <laughs> that so was brought I, up on Twitter yesterday as well I on mean, the other side. Come <laughs> on. Like, okay, pick your hypocrisy. I don't know. I think I understand she's a public figure. I also think he could have made the statement he made without naming her and going after her. I think you can agree or disagree with Amy Grant 100%. She did go public with it. So she mm-hmm. made the statement. I understand that that now gives us the right to debate it publicly. So. She did that. But this whole canceling thing, I it's so it's just ridiculous. It's wicked. It's weird. It's like, I don't I don't get it. I, I'm sorry. I'm kind of just over it. You I might feel differently next week. But just if you like Amy Grant's music, do you have to she's not your pastor. Like, do you have to agree with everything she says? So that's an interesting and thing. Look, we do. I'm one who holds a traditional view of marriage. So like, I yes, need to make are. that clear. And I still think this is the most Stupid reaction I've ever heard. Let's unpack that some more because this isn't the first time – you may not remember this. uh, This isn't the first time Amy Grant was in the crosshairs. I remember when I was a kid or maybe a teenager, Amy Grant – Amy Grant got divorced. Yeah, that's uh, shocking to people. Can I tell you a funny story about that, by the way? Yeah, please. Uh, she divorced, I believe her ex-husband's name is Gary Chapman, not the Gary Chapman of oh, the five love languages, okay, but just, yeah. I think his name, I think, don't quote me on that, but I know his last name is Chapman. I believe it was Gary Chapman. I remember reading a news article about it. This is back when we read newspapers and it yeah. was, you know, the USA Today or not Christianity Today, right? It's like the USA Today or something like that. They were reporting the story of Amy Grant getting divorced picture of Stephen Curtis Chapman in the article. No, stop, stop it. Stop it. I'll never kidding? forget that. Uh, okay. So but- I know one of the things we're trying to get better at here at the common good is to say, we can see why people would come to the, the opinions that they do. And then here's why we disagree. So let's try to do that. In, Cause me saying that's stupid is not super nuanced. <laughs> so, okay. Someone like Franklin Graham, I can see why you'd go, no, look, like this is the battleground for, for our culture right now. Those of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus need to stand firm on our biblical marriage ethic. Right. Mm-hmm. I, so, and you can understand that and you can understand why it might feel like you need to make a line in the sand about, having or hosting an LGBTQ wedding. I think it's the it's the canceling of Amy Grant. That's the part I'm struggling with. Like why why do you have to not listen to her music because she disagrees with you theology? I'm not even really an Amy Grant fan, but um, How dare you? I'm canceling you now. How dare you? <laughs> but I do we have to agree with all the I'm sure there's a lot of musicians that we listen to and we don't agree with where they stand mm-hmm. on a lot of issues. 
So do you cancel everyone you disagree? There are some people that are like egregious in my mind. Like for instance, if the accusations about Michael Jackson are true, that is one where I'm like, okay, maybe I've canceled him because I don't feel like I can listen to his music anymore as much as I love his music. Um, so maybe I'm caught. I'm caught the pot, the pot calling the kettle black, whatever that saying is. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I here's where it gets me. I think there's even a little bit more. I was, tr- you know, I was knew that we were going to talk about this, and so yeah. I've been trying to think about it. Going, what is it that feels weird to me about this? Because, like you said, if you disagree with an author's viewpoint, a singer, whatever, like you said, it's not your pastor, but you have every right to say to stop listening. That's or buying their books. That's true. You're right. Yep. But here's I also have a problem with what Franklin Graham and others do in these situations. And I think I've nailed it down. It's this. It's the public nature of it. And maybe maybe you're going, well, she's a public celebrity. So now we're getting back into the Christian celebrity. I'm great with Franklin Graham going, not going to listen to Amy Grant anymore. I'm wiping her off my Spotify. I'm not going to read so and so. I'm not going to listen to this pastor because of something they stand for. It's this new, and maybe it's not new, but it feels weird in the social media age that there are like these gatekeepers mm. who feel like they need to stand up and go, mm. not just am I not going to listen in this case to Amy Grant, but none of you should mm. as well. Mm. And here's the deal, Arbor. You brought up a great point. Those gatekeepers have some skeletons in their closet uh, Yeah, uh, of going – so it brings into question, all right, if you're going to publicly cancel this person, why didn't you public? And now we're into this of like, why not that person? Why not that person? I think it's completely legitimate for you, Aubrey Sampson, to go, you know what? I feel really uncomfortable with singer X, especially Christian singer who's not living up yeah, to so I'm whatever. Stop listening. Right. I right. just think it crosses a bridge too far mm-hmm. and is weird for you to go to Twitter, to Instagram, to Facebook and go, all of you out there should stop listening to this person because of this. That's where I'm uncomfortable with what we've begun to do. Yeah, that's a, I think that's actually, that's a very thoughtful response, Brian. And I actually, you're like bringing me around to, I, I think that's kind of what I said at the beginning. It bothered me that he called her out publicly. I wish he would just say, here's something I disagree with. Or like you said, make the decision not to listen, but to do it publicly feels de- belittling dehumanizing beneath us as Christians and arrogant. It feels like I was going, Hey, I hold, I have this, I hold a stand. I hold a position that makes me one of the gatekeepers for evangelicalism. So let me tell you all what you should do. It feels super Mm. arrogant to me. Like if you're out there and you read the article about Amy Grant and you're like, I've lost all respect for her. I can't listen to her music. Wonderful. Right. Make that call. Right. But if you're like, I'm going to stand up and I don't know, that's where cancel culture has gotten mm-hmm. weird for me. The social media age where we're now we have these evangelical gatekeepers who tell us who we can and can't listen to, who we yeah. can and can't read, who we can and can't follow is super strange. And there's reason to look at Franklin Graham and go, you shouldn't listen to him. So yeah, really. it just gets really strange. Uh, mere couple days away from Christmas. Hopefully you are excited uh, and ready for it. Hey, Aubrey, I want to talk to you something about leadership. But before we do that, we really should give uh, at least one more plug for our friends at Food for the Poor. Oh, remind people, poor. yeah, remind people who Food for the Poor is and more importantly, why we love them so much. Yeah. Food for the Poor is an organization that's been on the ground in Latin America and the Caribbean um, really for over 40 years. And what they really do, I mean, Food for the Poor, they're bringing food into nations and into homes where literally there's no food. So we're talking Mm -hmm. life 
or death situations, dire situations, situation of starvation, situations of will this family survive another day without the food that Food for the Poor brings. What's so unique about Food for the Poor is that they do it through relationships with pastors and ministry leaders. And so they're on the ground delivering food and a gospel message. Brian and I are friends with some of the folks at Food for the Poor. We really believe in what they do. They're very reputable, very um, full of integrity, reliable. Like this is an organization that you can feel really, really good giving to. And what's so unique right now, they've got a donor. So every gift is matched. So Mm -hmm. if you give a gift of $144, that goes to feed two kids for an entire year. And you can do the math from there. You can give less, you can give more, but everything you give is matched by a donor will double your gift. And so here's what you can do. Go to our website, 1160hope.com. Click on the Give Food, Give Hope, Give Life banner. You won't miss it. Um, But we would love to invite you as, you know, part of the generosity of Christmas to give to those who just so desperately need to experience hope and um, a life-giving meal this Christmas season. There you go. Yeah, go to 1160hope.com. You can also text the word thanks to 41444. This has been kind of on our heart for the month of December, Aubrey, and our uh, our people, the listeners of 1160, are doing awesome. Like we're, uh, we've done many of these where we try to raise money for food for the poor, and it, it always we always get there, right? But it, but it yeah. takes a little bit of time. This one feels like it's rolling, and I think it's because of the time of year. Like this is a time to go, well, you know, what am I doing with – my money with my time with my uh you know what how can i help other people and yeah, food for the exactly. poor is one of the best places you and i are we think it might be the best place yeah especially if your heart is to deal with people who have food insecurity uh at this time of year and so uh you'll hear a, a, a few more things about food for the poor food for the poor uh as we start to close out 2022 but thanks in advance for your generosity and go to 1160hope.com and you can give there Right. Uh, Aubrey and I talk about this often. We are both pastors, but even beyond the pastor thing, Aubrey, I want to talk about the church and leadership in the church and how it looks different uh, over at the Gospel Coalition. I got thinking about this because Bernie Cueto wrote a uh, a book review of Scott Thomas's book called The Gospel-Shaped Leader. And in it, Cueto raises a very interesting point, a very mm-hmm. interesting uh, idea, and that's this, that in the last decade, two decades, whatever, this generation, uh, the church has gotten way too enamored uh, with quote unquote leadership principles that everything has gone from shepherd to leader. And so uh, we start doing leadership conferences that look more like business leadership conference. I mean, heck, Willow very much was saying yeah. we're going to we're going to take the leadership principle. And there's there's good in that. Mm-hmm. But what Thomas in his book, Gospel Shaped Leader and Cueto in this review are getting at is I'm not sure that that in the end that has been good for the church. And I'm not sure that that has it led. To, it's led to bigger churches. Yeah. It's led to church growth. Yeah. But that it is maybe birthed some of the problems that we're going to now. I think this is a very important topic that is going on in the church. Speak to it, your own thoughts on kind of the focus on leadership principles versus uh, gospel and maybe where those overlap, but maybe where they don't. Yeah, something I've been thinking about late, lately is that what I, I don't think what we've emphasized emphasized enough, especially for church leaders, is literally just the fruit of the Spirit. Like, 
These mm. things that we, again, like you said, it is okay to have a healthy organization and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to learn certain principles. But at the end of the day, here's what is supposed to be developed in us. Love, joy, yeah. peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And sometimes I feel like people go online and they, oh, a good leader is X, Y, Z, and they do blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And I don't see anyone going, a good leader is faithful, gentle, and full of self-control. And and uh, the the things that we've seen happen in the church, especially over the past few years in our area alone, okay? We'll just look yeah. at Chicago pastors alone. Were those pastors full? I mean, would people say about them? I'm thinking of James McDonald in particular. No one around him was saying, that is a man who had gentleness. Mm-hmm. That is a man who had faithfulness. No, you heard horror stories of this anger and this rage and kind of- While the church grew, yeah, yeah, while it was doing good stuff. And yeah. people justified it because of the fruit, quote unquote, but that was rotten fruit. That wasn't gospel fruit. And so anyway, the hard part is, I think where I'm struggling is, he says a gospel-shaped leader, that means a leader who comes to die, right? Mm. That means a leader who comes to suffer. That means a leader who- humbles himself in the sight of the Lord again and again and again, or herself in the sight of the Lord again and again and again. That's Paul preaching in chains. That's being willing to, you know, bear our cross. And so gospel shaped leader is not sexy. Like this is a hard, hard thing to choose this instead of influence and control. And like, uh, you know, I keep using this word, but like a sexy organization. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, this is the call, I think, right here to get back to humility and who Jesus has called us to be. Yeah, I think what Scott Thomas is describing here, and this is where I think a lot of pastors struggle with it and churches struggle, this is not the best formula for growing a church quickly. Absolutely not. It is not. It is not. But it is the best formula for having a biblical church and having a strong church. Listen to how Bernie Cueto ends this. I just want you to hear this to get your heart for it. He says, talking about gospel-shaped leaders, says, unlike many popular leadership books written for Christian audiences, gospel-shaped leader doesn't read like talking points from a leadership conference, but instead like a front porch conversation with a seasoned shepherd. With great wisdom, Thomas makes clear that giftedness and followers aren't enough to be a gospel leader. We don't need corporate and celebrity models to be ready for seasons in ministry when it feels like the ground is shifting. We need integrity and humility that bears fruit in missional alignment and deep relationships. Like there's a lot there, but man, I, I, Aubrey, I've been in ministry. You've been in ministry now over 20 years. Mm -hmm. And I think I just feel that deeply. Like, yeah, totally. I went through the stage And I still struggle with this, but I certainly went through the stage when I was younger, especially starting the church. I must read these leadership books. I must act like this. I must. Here's your best next best church growth strategy, blah, 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 blah. And now when I read scripture, I'm like, man, I'm really called to be a shepherd and lean into my giftedness and shepherding while having some overlap to business leadership models. It's not defined by it. Like it's. Like you said, it's a call to come and die. It's a call to care for the one sheep and all of this stuff. I think this is a model for healthy churches. It's not a model for big churches. So what's interesting, 
wow. I feel like that was just a tweetable statement right there. I think you're exactly right. It will not result in a big church. Like Mm -hmm. this will not result in natural church growth movement. It won't. I mean, it won't. And it is, this is the bad, this is the struggle. It is okay to want to grow your church. It is okay to want to see more and more and more and more and more and more people come to Christ. Like, let's not forget that. That is part of the mission, but this won't, you're right. This will be a sort of small, local, messy church, but I think it'll feel like what it's supposed to. And hopefully yes. that it, as it grows, it's growing under a leadership that's healthy and um, centered and grounded. And remember, um, Brian, you might have to help me remember this word. We talked about not orthodoxy, not orthopraxy, but it was ortho. And oh, it had to do with the heart. Do you yes, remember what I'm talking no, about? No, I, I don't, but I remember it. Yes. And I, I feel like that's almost where we're at right now. Like we've seen leaders lead from their head. We've seen leaders lead with their hands, but I, it feels like a new season for a leader to also, while leading with their head in their hands, add that heart piece to it. That's what I think has been missing. And actually, to be honest, this is part of why I'm excited to see more and more women rise up in the church. And I don't mean to stereotype women, but I do think women are very able because we've been allowed to lead with our heart and make decisions with our heart. And so I do think to see more and more women who are leading with heart, head, and hands will help even guide the men in our churches to do a better job of that as mm. well. Yeah, this is this will continue to be a huge subject, especially as we see pastors fail. So mm-hmm. grateful for Scott Thomas. Aubrey, the beauty of Google. I think I got it. I think I got it. Orthodoxy, orthopraxy, orthopathy. Pathy, ortho, yeah, we were like, is it orthopathy? Or is it orthopathy, or- orthopathy, yes, that's yeah. right. Yes, orthopathy, that's right. Well, we just kind of did it, but I want to do, coming up next, Aubrey, this may be the last time we do it in 2022, a grinds my gears. This one's going to also have a little bit of a church bent, so I want to share that with you next here on The Common Good. AM 1160, hope for your life. That music can only mean one thing. Uh, and I am excited for this because earlier in the show, you admitted to feeling a little bit snarky today. Yeah, there is nothing today. <laughs> there is nothing better to do with our snarkiness than a segment we like to call grinds my gears. Here's right. what grinds my gears is. Uh, this is our opportunity to say, hey, these are things that annoy me. These are things that get under my skin. These are things that bother me. They're not the big things in world. We're not talking inflation or wars or abortion or whatever else. Those are the biggies. But we're talking about those little things yes. like nails on a chalkboard, yes. right? That just, but you need to get them off your chest or else they grow bigger. So the famous one, not famous, the, uh, the this originated, one of the first ones Our I did here. Our iconic one. Our iconic Iconic. One. That's the yes. one I'm looking for. Yes. Uh, was uh, people who push their dogs in strollers, right? <laughs> Which you, Aubrey? I would like. To, I would like. I was going to say. Yeah, tell. Go ahead. Tell the people. I would. I was going to tell you. I would like people to know. I. I texted a picture to Aubrey and to Laura the other day. I was at Panera, <laughs> and there was a a sweet older couple eating a couple tables over, and uh, they had a little dog in a stroller, and it made me go. They don't have a kid, <laughs> so they brought the stroller for the dog. <laughs> Like it was for the dog. And so I like kind of just took a picture, but like didn't make it obvious. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
like this is the beauty like taking a selfie or something exactly (laughs) exactly and i took a picture of them i sent it to aubrey and i sent it to laura and uh yeah uh dogs in a stroller so that was that's the level of thing dogs in a panera like don't bring Mm -hmm. your dog into a restaurant i just part of it is i have a son who has anaphylaxis when it comes to dogs and so i'm freaked out about dogs around him anyway but i don't want to be like at an inside restaurant and your dog is there dining i don't mind if it's an outdoor patio thing and your dog is sitting by you but like a dog at a public location Agreed. inside anyway i know that wasn't what we were going to be grinding gears about but we needed to do we need to vent about that that became a natural grinds my gears right there yeah. you and i that is the heart of it going man why is there a dog in here and you have it in a stroller but you don't have any kids with you. So the stroller is the dog stroller. And Aubrey, this was not a small stroller. This is like a baby stroller. Uh, so that is the and like essence. They probably like purchased that. Like they went to like Babies R Us or whatever. Bye bye baby. And like bought that for their job. Uh, it's a valid point because this was a new stroller. It wasn't like an old school yeah, stroller yeah. either. So, all right. That's the essence of it. Aubrey, you told me you had one. Uh, that was kind of dark. So now snarky, all of this, which yeah. I am totally here for. Here Please for lead off. Okay, I'm I'm going to set a stage that is a dark stage. I have to say this. So this is not total shallow venting, but I'll tell you the reason I'm choosing grinds my gears is because I am going to vent about Grubhub. Okay. So I have a friend who is very, 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 very sick right now. I'll just say mm-hmm. it like that. Okay. Very, okay. very, very, very sick. And um, I deli- I ordered them a really nice spread on Friday night because okay. I knew it might be one of the last meals they all have together as a family. Okay. So I got all of their favorite foods and sent it to their house. It was supposed to arrive at 6. I got a text message. It arrived, sent a text message to my friend's husband. Hey, should be there. He's like, hey, it's not here. Oh, no. So I'm like, okay, well, they said they delivered. I went back on the order. I had put the right address because I thought, well, maybe I gave the wrong address. Um, Then I started calling Grubhub and uh, I was on hold with Grubhub for, I mean, probably 30 minutes. I'm not exaggerating. And I tried their chat online. They were saying their chat was too busy to reach people. Well, finally, an hour after the food was supposed to be delivered, I got a hold of someone and they were like, well, we don't know what happened to your order. We can give you a reimbursement. And I, I, uh, I'll have to be honest, like if, if Grubhub was going to do a grinds my gears, they could vent about me because I kind of went off on the poor customer service person. <laughs> and I was like, uh, no, I don't need a reimbursement. I need the food delivered now. You don't understand what this situation is. Like I, so anyway, they did finally, they, did. they finally delivered it. It was about an hour and a half late, but it came. However, Uh Here's what we discovered. So I don't know if this is venting about the Grubhub or about bad neighbors. It was delivered (gasps) to the wrong house and they kept the food. Aubrey, you're kidding. I'm not kidding. So instead of going to XYZ address, it went to XYZ address just a few houses down. It was in fact delivered, but that family must have seen the spread, brought it inside and even on the Grubhub receipts, it has the address it's supposed to go you to. And 
I'm guessing they don't necessarily know what this family is going through. But Brian, it was an expensive meal, number one. Number two, it was a meaningful meal. And number three, don't steal other people's food. So this went from... Grubhub. I realized just now who I'm actually mad at. It's not this is Grubhub. not a Grubhub issue. So it, Grubhub is uh, delivered to the wrong house because I double check the address. So they take they take place. they take about a quarter of the blame here. Aubrey, that took a turn. Somebody and like you said, let's assume even though they're a neighbor, let's assume they don't know what's going on with your let's friend's family they and don't her. Know what's going on? Yeah. But even giving them that grace to know you didn't order a meal and it being on there, that is, there is a special place in hell for that person. That is unbelievable. I did not think that's, I thought you were going to say that the, um, uh, that the driver never picked it up or the driver ate it himself or the driver, like I I thought we were heading towards a driver issue here. I suppose the driver could have. Eaten of himself. They said they delivered it. There was not a picture or anything. Although they said the address they delivered it to, and it was not the right address. So, I did think you have like, any desire to contact this person? The the neighbor. That, oh the yes. Neighbor? Oh yes. I have kept myself from doing so, but oh yes. And and more than that, like, I, I it's funny now that I'm venting about it. I'm realizing who I'm mad at, and it is the neighbor. This whole time, I think I haven't really properly placed my anger. Yes. Um. More than that, I just felt so angry that this was happening on the night it was happening. Like, I'm like, are you kidding me? Oh, gosh, yeah. Are you kidding me? Of all nights, of all nights to steal somebody's food, you're going to do it tonight? Thankfully, they got their food. They were appreciative of the spread. Oh, yeah. And they knew it wasn't your fault. They knew it wasn't my fault. But I mean, I have, it's been a long time since I've been that livid. So, legitimately so. That is my gears okay well i'm just gonna follow up with a minute that one that one is validating that brian that's bad right i don't think you're angry enough about that (laughs) (laughs) i don't that is uh yeah that's bad that one is bad okay uh i want to just vent really fast about fedex delivery people and one and ups delivery and one very specific thing they do Okay. And I forgive me if I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. I don't think that I did, but I may have. They I want to give a cheer at this time of the year to the Amazon people, to the FedEx, to the UPS. They do not have an easy job. That's right. True. Like they hustle this time of year. They yeah. are go they are all over the place. I, Aubrey, I don't understand the ringing of the doorbell. So As somebody who has dogs, yes. I don't because they don't do it every time. Right. Uh and I understand they're wanting you to know there's a package there, but I could see you pulling up and maybe yeah. there's like a, a notification you can yeah. get. People have sleeping over. children. But for our house, the issue is our dogs. They want to yes. bark at everything, yes. but they are guaranteed to go nuts when the um, when the doorbell is rung. And so I don't understand. And maybe somebody can explain like what the protocol here is and they don't want things stolen off your porch, maybe or whatever. But it drives me up a wall when Can you I see you the delivery guy come and raise it. A few mornings ago, do you know what time FedEx rang the doorbell? Oh, no. What time? 530. <gasps> 530, no. Brian. 530. No. 530, 530, 530, 530. In the morning, they rang the doorbell and dropped the package. <laughs> Just leave the package. Just leave the package. Like, we, we know a package is coming. We ordered it. Or someone told us it. We will open the door 530 
in the morning. And then, of course, no one can go back to sleep after that because the doorbell nope. rings and everybody wakes up. And, like, we don't have dogs, but if it were your house, your dogs would be going crazy. Yes, yeah, they would a, be. And you no. think something's up. Just okay. Drop the package. Just drop the package and go. That should be part of the system where you know that you're taking the risk of they're going to leave it there. And yeah, yeah. It's like an understood. You like, it. yes, we understand someone might steal it, but pl- we, please, for the love of God, don't ring our Don't door. ring the doorbell. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, okay, yours you. yours outpaces that one by a lot. I, I, I know mine kind of wins like all of them from now on, but still, still that's that doorbell thing is annoying. We hope you have a wonderful Tuesday evening. Brian and I will be back again tomorrow from 4 to 6 p.m. For Brian from I am Aubrey Sampson and you've been listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 